Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Matter of Truth. Anthony and I are bringing a what is going to be a fantastic episode your way. So in the past, we've had uh, a mix of questions and answers, and we've had a couple uh, guests come on show and talk about their um, their walk and just kind of you know, random questions and kind of unpack some things and just have some good, good old conversations. And that's what we're going to have today. We've got a very special guest joining us for this episode. And uh, we will uh, be doing a little bit of Q&A and we'll be talking about uh, some of the hot topics on her plate. And uh, so without any housekeeping or further ado, I am going to introduce our guest of honor, Doreen. Care to say hello? Hi, everyone. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, it, we we know, I know, and I know Anthony knows that you are and have been extremely busy. And you've got, I seen you post something today. You got finals this week, right? Yes, I have. You guys can help me. I have, um, well, I've been taking three classes this semester. I'm at Western Seminary. And uh, so I'm writing a paper right now on, did Jesus die for everyone or just the elect? Mm. And so I have all these reform books, but I had to get some Arminian books. It's been really interesting to dive into. They're, they're real defensive. And so their books are usually about, here's the myths and here's why they're wrong. And, and so I'm really breaking down, of course, John 3.16 and, and, um, and Romans 9 and such uh, for a paper. And then I've got another paper on the works of God, and it's all due before Monday. Oh, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is- just that's So I usually answer, you know, DMs on Instagram every day, but I have to just step away for a week to do this. I, I, know, the, I know the pressure because I'm technically – in summer break, but I'm still doing Old Testament study right now. So I'm reading uh, books on the Pentateuch and I've got papers due to write on that. And then I move into um, the history and then I do um, the prophets and then I go into the New Testament. So I have a ton of stuff on my plate, but, and then I've got a class on teaching or on not teaching, but sermons this fall. So that's going to be intensive so my sermons actually should get good here hopefully soon that's the that's the point so not only are you in seminary but you you wrote a book i did yeah january or february of 2019 i have to look up when i got this dm on instagram out of the blue from an editor at thomas nelson he said hey we've been following you 
um, would you like to write a book for us on new age deception? And Mm. I hadn't been, I didn't go looking for this book. A lot of people have accused me of, you know, you're looking for fame and fortune and attention. No, they came to me and, um, and you know, it wasn't like a lot of money, but it helped with seminary. So, so that was good. But what I did was I prayed about it with some mature Christian friends and, and, um, and then finally, I, I, we, we all agreed it was a good idea, even though I'm a new Christian. I was saved three years ago in 2017, and so I'm still a baby. Anyway, um, so I wanted to write the book about the, it's kind of like a diary of a former false prophet, um, because that's what I was. And, and I really realized it was a false prophet when I was listening to an Alistair Begg sermon in 2015, where he was doing expository preaching on 2 Timothy 4. The, in the end times, people will want their ears tickled. And, um, and, and as he described the false teachers, he, it was like he was describing me, giving false hope to people and such. And so that really was, I think, my big wake-up call, because before then, I, I had listened to Christian radio. I, I identified as a Christian in the New Age. I used to call myself an open-minded Christian. And the rest of the Christians were fear-based, is what I would say. And mm-hmm. and so I would blend everything. I would listen to Christian radio, to solid preachers, and then I would go home and use tarot cards, and I would talk to this Buddha statue I had seriously and do yoga and clear my chakras and look at my astrological chart. You know, so it, I was I, – I didn't have any kind of boundaries. I wasn't reading the Bible and uh, it was really bad. But anyway, the book is about um, why New Age and Christianity can't blend and how people not reading the Bible is causing New Age to go into the church. And I'm super concerned because when I, when I was in the New Age, I was the top-selling New Age author at the biggest New Age publisher. I'm not bragging, but I, you know, I, I need to make that context. I was touring the world on stages all around the world thousands of people in the audience. And, and when I look at like a Bethel or a Hillsong or an IHOP with the prophets on stage, I see my old life. I see the mind, body, spirit festivals that I was working at. It's in, and instead of calling themselves psych psychics, like I was, they call themselves prophets, but it's the same thing. They're telling people, um, feel good messages that stroke their ego they might throw in Esther 4.14 to make it sound Christian. You know, you're made for such a time as this. But that's that's not the context of that verse. You know, they everything's twisted. Everything's about making that person feel good. And it's 100% the opposite of the biblical prophets, as you guys know. The, the biblical prophets were all about confronting people and their sins, calling them back to the covenant, uh, saying you have to repent or this horrible thing that I'm going to detail is going to happen in God's judgment. And that's not what we see in prophets today. Yeah, prophets today, I mean, you know, a prophet was in in scripture, they they weren't wrong. I Never mean, wrong. You would get yep. killed if you were wrong. I mean, Deuteronomy yeah. 18 said you'd get that's stoned right. to death if you had even one wrong. And of course, the prophets today, they justify it. I call them prophets. They're not. They they self-identify as prophets. They they um, say, well, Agapus was wrong, but he wasn't. You know, he he might have described Paul's arrest with Gentiles and Romans different, but if you look at Paul's arrest, he was correct. Yeah, and you know, and the other thing to really, that digs under at least my skin with the modern day 
prophets or apostles, whatever title they want to assign themselves, is they are the ones that give themselves that title. Yes. And one of the things that, you know, as I'm I'm on my personal IG page and I'm doing through Romans, the introductory piece to Romans where Paul says an apostle pointed by Paul's not saying that he gave himself that title. This was a title given to him by God. It's, he makes that clear. Yep. Yeah. And so this isn't something that we should be just throwing around lightly. This is something that's instilled by God alone. It's not just, Oh, I, I'm, you know, I took a, a class and, now I'm, you know, hanging out with these people at this large church and, you know, now I'm just going to go ahead and call myself an apostle because I guess something right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jeremiah 1 is all about that. Or, you know, even Jonah, you can see people being called by God and they're saying, uh-uh, no, please, no. Exactly. There wasn't, there wasn't people raising their hands saying, please, please pick me, God. And like you said, these schools, when I was first... Um, Coming out of the new age, I thought I would switch from being a new age psychic to being a Christian prophetess. And so I was following a woman who said she's a Christian prophetess who actually is a prophet school. And I was going to go to it. And it and it was really watching Chris Rosebro's Fighting for the Faith on YouTube that woke me up that I, I needed to compare everything that teachers were saying to scripture. That was a novel concept to me, you guys. And, and I started doing that and, of course, didn't go to her school and stopped following her and uh, stopped following Joyce Meyer. I was also thinking that she was a Christian because she has a Bible and she's quoting from it. But it was a, a long haul to realize that not everyone who quotes from Scripture is, is a true Christian teacher. Yeah, you bring up a really good point about in uh, Western Christianity in the modern day, this visible church and, and what they're sprinkling in so subtly mm -hmm. is this new age, this poison. Mm -hmm. And again, a little bit of poison will kill you. It's just going to kill you slowly. Yeah. And they're no different than the Hagans of, of, of old, you know, with this whole formula of, for faith. It's all, it's all pointing to self. It is pointing to self, which was the, the new age is all about glorifying the self. Right. Most people in the new age that I met are trauma survivors. You know, they, they mm -hmm. may have been abused or abandoned or in some way, um, highly sensitive people who were, um, had a big thing happen in their life. And so they turned to new age for healing emotionally or physically. And that's their entry point. Mm. But it's a real progressive deception in the new age. Usually people start out with something innocent like positive affirmations or, you know, um, some sort of energy healing. And and then a few months later, you check in with them and they're getting into harder core new age and going to the occult. That's I, I've seen it so many times people get in with the more innocent looking parts of new age. And then it's like they habituate to that and they want more and more and more. And then they get into Wicca, sometimes witchcraft or satanic worship. And it's a, it's a real slippery slope to get into the new age. And, and you see it in the church churches offering yeah. what's called holy yoga, which is an oxymoron. Oh yoga goodness. was, yeah. is, um, is a worship walking prayer worship method of Hinduism and some some progressive Christians will say, well, all paths lead to God. Uh, John 14, 6 differs. And then pro progressive Christians shockingly say, well, the Bible isn't our authority. It's not sufficient. 
well, then you're not practicing ethical or um, orthodox Christianity. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's scary to see people who don't think the Bible is authoritative or sufficient because in the New Age, you see that. You see the... Mm-hmm. The arguments that the Roman Catholic Church tampered with the Bible, and there's lost books. You know that that if the Roman Catholic Church was honest, they would put the Gospel of Thomas and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene back in the Bible. And mm. I, I still have New Agers write to me and say, Doreen, don't you know that the Bible's been tampered with? Like I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, like don't you know? And I and I so then I have to do apologetics with them and saying, well, actually, if you if you look at the number of manuscripts that now would they go back to second century, some of them, yeah. it's yeah. about 95 to 98% um, the same as the old manuscripts of what we have now, with the exception of some translations, of course, mm-hmm. but, but the Bible is, is reliable and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's um, authoritative and it's sufficient. And that's what I'm seeing that a lot of people just aren't holding to. You know, I want to touch on the, um, you mentioned the Roman Catholic Church, and with New Age, it cannot coexist with um, with Christianity in any way, shape, or form. And you look at the Roman Catholic Church and how they introduce this very, this mysticism kind of thing with, you know, the altar, and, you know, they they also believe, or some of them believe that there are many paths to, to God in, in Roman Catholic, because they don't want to, they don't want to offend anybody. They, and they don't, it's, it's interesting. They don't really say that the Bible is the end all be all It's God's word. And you look at somebody like mother Teresa, who was point blank asked the question um, about, is there only one way to God? And she believes, she believed that there are many ways to God. And she was a wonderful woman. She did a lot of great things, but again, your good works, don't get you into heaven. So this whole idea of new age and this mysticism, it's, it's always kind of been around, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at church history, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see it from the beginning and just elevating, um, the, the tradition above the Bible and elevating the Pope to the same level as Jesus. And then when the Pope says something like, Oh, your, your dad who's unsaved is in heaven. Don't worry. Um, then, He's he's contradicting scripture, and that just leads to stumbling blocks for people who give him that credence. Um, so in a, in New Age, it's experience over facts or figures. You know, the if if you start with the premise that the Bible's flawed, like they do in the New Age, and then the New Age teaches that there's no such thing as the devil, no such thing as sin, no such thing as hell. Um, in fact, they follow near-death experiences as their kind of your, their proof text that everyone goes to heaven. So they have all these New Agers who've supposedly died and gone to heaven. They trot out and they've got books galore, videos galore, and they're like, I was in heaven and I was a Buddhist and 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 I was a terrible sinner and I'm in heaven and I'm told that God is love and everything's forgiven. And so that's what the New Agers pay attention to more than you know, like a John 14, 6, they, they think that experience is the height of a, of a teaching experience. Yeah. We'll be actually discussing heaven, uh, Anthony and I on, uh, an upcoming episode for Undying Light with the eschatology series. Cause, and that premise, this, everybody goes to heaven, uh, or the trips to heaven, the near death experiences is kind of, kind of be the underlying, you know, context to the show. 
as a spoiler alert, but it's, you know, you, you see this so rampant in the Christian circles and people eat it up. Mm-hmm. They want to know, Oh my, you know, what is really going to happen when I die? And they, so when a book or a movie comes out, you know, um, that, uh, what was it? The Todd, uh, Burlip, is that his name? The kid that went to heaven, mm-hmm. yep. you know, they, they just, Oh, it's so emotional and it's, so it's gotta be right. It's gotta be real. It really hit home. And then you, but, but when you examine that in light of what scripture tells you, that experience could not have happened. Mm-hmm. To be skeptic of it is the, the best thing to, to do from a Christian. But, and I, I was reading, um, Tim Chalice wrote an article on him, because uh, I did some of those. I did an episode on him a while back in the Christian bookstore books. But he basically says, he's like, I don't have to, um, you know, go out and try to tell these people they're wrong. I just let their actions, or I let them, you know, continue to say what they say. And oftentimes, all everybody's different experience contradicts somebody yep. else's experience, and they all can't be right. Exactly. And so, yeah. at the yeah. at the end of the day, you just you, you're left with a hodgepodge of experiences that, you know, what are you getting out of it? It's like the coexist bumper sticker that mm-hmm. New Agers put on all their cars. That um, you know that they you should you should be nice to everybody you should you we should all get along with the buddhists and the hindu and uh, the sufis and everyone should get along well yeah we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves and we're supposed to share the good news with everyone absolutely but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to heaven unless jesus is their lord and savior and they've repented i mean it's just so crystal clear and and people call me racist and bigoted because I say this and I speak out against yoga. Um, but it's not about whether someone's a nice person. It's about, mm-hmm. it's about salvation. Being a nice yep. person, as you guys said, doesn't get you into heaven. Yep. There's a lot of nice people in hell. Oh yeah. And <laughs> Romans cool. and Romans one and two lays that clearly yeah. that the Gentile has been given God's morality his law on their heart god has written that out the jew had the law and so when they go face god at judgment time there is no excuse for missing it Mm -hmm. and so it's just it's fascinating when you see everybody trying to defend their subjective morality when their own subjective truth fails and, and and collapses upon itself isn't that you- the case i mean i don't know about you guys but i get dms on instagram constantly from people who are trying to justify sinning and i'm like it's not what i think that matters it's what god thinks you know now, don't worry about my opinion go mm-hmm. to your bible go to what god says and compare what you're doing there you know it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how many people say oh that's fine it's what god says that matters yeah what is jeremiah 20 what is it Twenty three sixteen? they speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. And, and that's exactly it. You know, we, people get so wrapped up in self and this positivity doctrine that they then invent their own God. They invent their own version of salvation and they invent their own Jesus. You know, we're called to point that kind of stuff out because um, I th- you just said it, Dorian, you, you need to go to scripture. You need to weigh everything against 
scripture. And if you did that, you would you we wouldn't have things like uh, the message translation. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, let's you know, the guy went and had a had a a vision party or whatever, a dream with Jesus or something or other. And I mean, it's just it's just it's craziness. Mm-hmm. You, you get away from scripture and you just you're left to your own devices. You fall into the ditch, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so um, if, if I can just talk about a few other things that are in the church that I'm concerned with. Fire away. Okay, so, um, you know, Christian women, um, uh, first of all, I've been to a few really solid churches where the women's Bible study was just like a VBS, or sometimes worse than a VBS. And and it was all about entertaining the women with uh, a Beth, the latest Beth Moore videos and such. And and. And so I'm, I literally went to seminary because I couldn't find a good women's Bible study. I just couldn't. And so, yeah. I mean, and I've talked to so many women who feel the same way as me. It's like, don't entertain us. We want expository teaching. And, and, and so that's one thing. But um, I think we have to also remember that Eve was the one who was first deceived. And as much as it's going to sound like I'm betraying my own gender, I think we women are more vulnerable to being deceived. Um, I really do. When I was a new age teacher, about 95% of my audience was always women everywhere in Mm. the world. About 95% of my book sales were to women around the world. And uh, in yoga classes, it's 95% women. And, uh, and, and female pastors, I think that's why it says in 1 Timothy 2.12 that w- women are not to have authority over men. And women will make up this extra story. I don't even know where they got it. Oh, that was just for them. That's a cultural, that's cultural. That's not a principle. Uh, yeah, it's, it's for today because sisters, we have to be extra careful. I think it's because we have babies and we talk to our children who are nonverbal. And so maybe we're a little more emotional, you think, or intuitive even. And, and we just go off into these fantasy delusions almost. And so anyway, no women preachers, please, unless it's a woman's pastor who's pastoring to children or to other women only. And then uh, we've got to be careful of idolatry. New Age is all built around the different golden calves. So it's about worshiping the stars for astrology and and horoscopes, and that's a very Romans one. He, they worship the creation instead of the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's turning to oils, essential oils. You'll see those in the Christian churches, and oils in themselves. Of course, they're they're in the Bible. You know, there's nothing wrong with oil. God made the plants that are made to oil. It's when you get into these specific bottles Young Living makes, and some doTERRA, doTERRA too, that say that they've got a blend that will promise you abundance. And there's another blend that says it'll give you joy, another blend that says it'll be for forgiveness. And people think that if they spend $50 on this little bottle, they're going to get abundance or forgiveness or joy. <laughs> That's idolatry, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, same with crystals. We have to be so careful. There's crystals from Genesis to Revelation in the Bible. So it's another thing where God made the crystals, but the, we have to be honest. Are we, are we thinking they have some sort of special power? If we are, then it's idolatry, and we just can't do that. It's it's all what man they take what God has made and they make it an idol. So, um, like you said, with the essential oils, you know, they're they're, they're um, there's health fit to them, but it's it's all what they're 
marketed and packaged up to be so people buy them. It's it's no different than, you know, you see on TV, you see, hey, buy this you know, from a Christian, right? Uh, you know, buy this holy water. It's going to heal you. It's a, it's a gimmick every week. I mean, yeah. you could you could find... I go to the hardware store, buy a box of screws and be like, these screws were what nailed Jesus to the cross. And these are blessed screws and people would buy it. People would buy it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's, that's the sad reality. Yeah. It's like the relics in the, in the Catholic faith, what they Mm -hmm. claim to be. I'm just now making this up, but something like, you know, it's, it's Peter's finger, the bone of Peter's finger or something Mm -hmm. crazy like that. And, you know, they want to worship it. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, there's a TV show I enjoy watching and he goes and is, I forget the whole premise, but it was a table that they believe one of the apostles used. And it's in this like really remote part in like, uh, Eastern Europe. And, but it's this like, like pilgrimage, like people flock to this place. And they've built a shrine around it and people come and worship it. And it's like, it's a table. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, I can get like, there's, there's supposedly shards of the cross that the church is holding on to. I get stuff like that might be a little bit more high up in the relic realm, but at the end of the day, it's just material. It's going to decay. It's going to rot and, and fall away. You know, the only thing that is a lasting through eternity mm-hmm. is God's word. Yeah. So we've got a plethora of questions uh, for you, Doreen, about your book and just really about um, New Age or your kind of some of your experiences in that. Actually, I have one written and I want to throw this one out there really quick. Um, because I think you you kind of touched on it just a little bit when you were going through some of your uh, background in that. And uh, Reform.Bone is asking, not really New Age, but similar, he thinks. Got some advice on uh, talking people out of Buddhism. Buddhism's a tough one um, because it is... is marketed, if you will, as the way of peace and the middle way. And and it's compared to American consumerism and materialism. Mm-hmm. And, and and people who go into Buddhism, I found that they're all in. It's very tied into Eastern meditation, which is part of the church. They call it contemplative prayer in the church or Lectio Divina. Um, and so the Buddhism shares that with progressive Christianity and in um, some of the liberal Christianity and the New Age. And whenever you open your mind and you've got it open to uh, just whatever comes in, you, you're just so you're a sitting duck for demons coming there and uh, pretending to be your, they might call it your higher self. That's a real big liberal progressive Christianity word. Uh, you might say it's, um, you know, some Zen moment or, whatever you call it, it's, it's likely to be a demon. And that's why the Bible's word for, I'm sure you guys know this, for meditation, say it's like in Psalm 1, is Hagah. And Hagah in Hebrew means mutter or utter. And it mm-hmm. literally means speaking the, the scripture out loud under your, you might be just kind of a whisper that you're saying it over and over mm-hmm. again. 
Um, and so you're filling your mind with God's word, God's law, where Eastern Buddhism is emptying your mind. So I would really start with that, with the person who's a Buddhist, and just kind of really focus on the difference between Christian meditation and Eastern meditation. And that could be a, a pathway. But you can't go wrong with sharing the gospel. I mean, I really believe that's why I'm saved is because I listened to Christian radio all those years and I heard the gospel. It it doesn't return void. Right. You know, it's it it always has an effect. And if I I couldn't I couldn't understand the gospel until I understood I was a sinner in, in need of a savior, Jesus, but it did some good work in my heart. I'm not an expert on Buddhism by any means, but I definitely would attest to saying that uh, the best thing you can do in any situation is simply share the gospel. Oh, I mean, you, you nailed that spot on. Uh, Anthony, I think you got a couple voice questions. Yeah, I do. I got one from Ryan. Hi, Doreen. What is your thoughts on the Enneagram and its production in the church? I love this question. I've got a few videos on Enneagram on my YouTube channel because it's something that it, I, I'm really upset about it being in the church. Um, it's a new age product. It was uh, its origins. One of the origins took the geometric figure, which to me looks like a pentagram anyway, or it looks like an astrological chart. And this man named Claudio Naranjo uh, d- did what's called automatic writing. And he admits this. I've got a video of him admitting this. It's not like we made this up about him. He did automatic writing, which is a form of going into a trance and allowing whatever thoughts come in your mind to be written down. In some cases, the pen you're writing with is controlled by some unseen spirit. And when he did that, it's how he came up with the nine Enneagram types, the Enneatypes or personality types. So the very fact that the genesis of the Enneagram comes from an occult method that can absolutely, I mean, where do you think those messages come from in, in automatic writing? They're demons pretending to be your higher self. Or when I was in the new age, the demons masqueraded as an angel of light, second Corinthians eleven fourteen, And, um, so, so, and then you take a look at the effects of Enneagram. People are gaga over it because they say, Oh, it makes me feel good. Oh, I understand my relationships. Well, there's the self-centered glory, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about me. Tell me about me. Validate me. You know. And then you hear people actually go around who talk about Enneagram saying, well, I'm an eight. Really? I'm an eight too. Well, I just hate ones. Ones are just horrible people. And my husband's <laughs> a three. And oh, I understand your relationship. You've got an eight and a three. Oh, makes so much sense. And so they're identifying just like you do in astrology. It's no different than saying, well, I'm a Taurus. Really? I'm a Virgo. Oh, we get along great then according to astrology. You know, we're both earth signs, la, la, la. So it, it, people say, well, I'm putting a Christian veneer on it. Yeah, well, think about the Ouija board or um, some obvious occult thing like astrology and think about putting scripture over that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's still a pagan idol yeah. and God does not share his glory with any pagan idols. It's an interesting bleeding into the church. And um, I, I didn't know much about him a while back, but when I started seminary, um, the school I'm going to, 
basically is a parent to the division that I'm in. And so I'm probably going to make Chris Rosenberg very happy if he ever listens to this episode. But uh, I am going through the Lutheran track of my school. The the parent school that uh, this kind of nestled into is a little bit more Baptist, but they're starting to bleed in with some of this new age methodology because one of the entry things that all students have to do is go through and find out what number you are in the Enneagram. Really? And, Oh yeah. And so I fought it. I was just, I, I was basically a flat out jerk when I did it, when I wrote my stuff out. Cause like it's mandatory in order to gain mm-hmm. access into my track for school. And I had a conf- conference with this person. I'm like, I don't see why this is relevant. I'm not a number. I am a follower of Christ. I said, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous, but I guess like a ton of colleges and seminaries are making it a thing now. It's and cringy. it's, it's everywhere. It's and very, very disturbing. It really it is. is. Yeah. And good thing to, to, to come back at is once I got past that, that little mind gap, everything else has been extremely purposefully biblical. Well, maybe they'll listen to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how this kind of stuff is just like, you know, we've talked about how it's, it's making its way into the church and seminary schools. What's your take on that, Doreen? Like, do you, well, this is where people believe if if something makes you happy, if it makes your relationships seem to be better, if it seems to give you peace, then it must be from God, because their definition of God is not biblical. They don't know right. about the wrath of God, that that's Old Testament. It's even mythology to some people. They don't know about his justice. They don't know about his holiness. They haven't read Isaiah 6, maybe in a while. And, and so they, they see God, like you said, they made up their own version of God, their own soteriology. They, they've got their own Bible in their head where God is this, uh, he's like this Santa Claus, you know, mm-hmm. just um, very simplistic view of God. And uh, it's just, it's really troubling. I'm really upset to, because when I was a kid, it's, and, and I, and I was raised real non-traditional in Christian science and everybody in our neighborhood and probably our city was traditional Christian. You had Baptists all around us. Hmm. Um, and, and I feel like my life's been backwards because now that I am a Baptist, it seems like everyone's new age, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I go back in time and be with all the Baptists and be a Baptist. You see this whole new age thing um, really in Bethel. I mean, they are huge, mm-hmm. you know, with this like Sozo and this, all this type of, uh, you know, channeling. Um, and it's, it's alarming because you talk about Bethel. I mean, it's, that's Bethel is everywhere. Bethel Redding has franchises everywhere. Um, they're very seductive because they make a ton of money. I mean, yeah. deception is lucrative. When I was in the new age, I was making so much money. I was spending it as fast as I was making it. But every new age teacher is a millionaire and nobody talks about that. They just focus on Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland, which is Mm. not good. You know, that's, I'm not saying that's good, but it's the same thing in the new age. It's all buy this, buy that. And you'll have your life purpose. You'll have your soulmate. You'll have um, health. If you buy this book or this thousand dollar course and so the the new age makes so much money and Bethel Redding and their books have been very open that they believe the new age ripped off the methods from Christianity. And Bethel Redding says, we're taking back those methods from the new age. So they're not wow. even trying to hide it. 
Um, and you talked about Sozo. I just did a, a video with a person who was a Sozo healer, and he, he broke it down for me. So it basically is someone who has a very short course. They don't have any training as a you know, med- medicine or behavioral therapy mm-hmm. or anything. They, they, this is a per- lay person who's taught to sit with a person who comes in with an emotional problem or a physical problem, and you and they ask that person who comes in, the patient, um, who's your favorite member of the Holy Trinity? And you might say, well, I don't know, Jesus. Okay, well, we're going to get a message from Jesus for you. And <laughs> and I'm simplifying this. You know, if you're a Sozo mm-hmm. person, I know I'm really simplifying. But then the Sozo leader just proceeds to say whatever pops in their head as if they're talking to this person as Jesus. And, and then the, they're supposed to mm-hmm. help that person come up with an old memory that's related to their current issue. Now, that's just so wrong on more levels than I can count, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. first of all, you're pretending to be Jesus, and then you're I'm sure you're contradicting Scripture as you're supposedly t- talking for him. It's like the book Jesus Calling, which everyone should burn. That's a New Age Channel book. And then yeah. you're digging into someone's memory without any kind of training. So Sozo is just every kind of dangerous. Yeah, I've seen some videos um, from from people of Ethel you know, performing Sozo, and it's 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 frightening. And it almost is it it reminds me a lot of um, what I've watched on. I mean, I'm watched it on TV, but of Scientology. Mm. It's just very very close in, in mm. some of the things of digging deep into a person. And, um, it's just, you know, it's very alarming that this has crept into the church and it's again, you know, uh, their theology and their doctrine, what they believe it becomes a part of their music. So it's all about thinking the scripture is not sufficient and they want more. I mean, you'll, you'll hear Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson say, give me more Lord, give me more, give me more. And it's that lack of satiation because they, because the Bible's not enough for them. So they have to keep going into the ditches where they think they're having fun, cool experiences and people are paying them to do this. I think Spurgeon said it best, and I'm going to paraphrase this quote, but when you have to entertain the goats, the entertainment is going to have to continue to be amplified every single week. Mm. I mean, there's just no way around it. If you, you know, if you bring in a circus act and, you know, you, you, bring a helicopter and you, you know, parachute in from that onto the stage and you got, you know, fire cannons and laser shows. What are you going to do next Sunday? Just walk out? No, you're, I mean, you're going to have to be like shot in from a cannon or something. I mean, people want that sensation and, Mm -hmm. and that's not Christianity. You know, you look to Nehemiah eight, they, uh, Ezra and the scribes literally walked into the middle of the town and started reading God's law. Mm-hmm. They didn't perform theatrics. They didn't do anything else. And I even said it in my sermon on Sunday, this past Sunday, that Christianity isn't about coming to church looking for a sensational message and a feel-good message. It's coming to church and to hear God's word proclaimed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Paul Washer has said that he wants to go to a church where he hears the gospel every week. And I agree, don't you? Mm-hmm. Totally mm-hmm. agree. You have churches that would rather focus on entertaining than teaching the word and discipleship. Um, 
Church of the Glades in Florida. That's exactly what they do. They have Game of Thrones skits. They're worship leaders singing, uh, performing Katy Perry, Beyonce, and Britney Spears songs from the from the stage, from the pulpit. I mean, it's not a church. It's a seeker-sensitive mm-hmm. church of self. And it's what Paul talks about. in when he, Called the Galatians stupid. Yeah. He calls them out. Paul calls these people out, these churches. Uh, rabbit holes to go down. Hey guys, thank you for listening to part one of the interview with Doreen. So what Anthony and I have decided to do is instead of just giving you this entire clip, we're going to split it into two episodes. This episode obviously is airing on Saturday the 15th. And part two is going to air the following Wednesday on the 19th. And so we did this because it just was what was at the right length of time where it was a little too long in our opinion for a straight through listen and a little too short to do two separate like big episodes. So what we decided is we're going to make part one on our normal 15th drop date and then we're going to do part two as kind of a drive-by style episodes. They're going to still be about 35 to 40 minutes in length and they will still cover everything we talked about and then we will be back on the 31st with a new topic we have got a couple ideas that we're spinning around in our heads um, based upon some of the the environments and talk and topics that have been coming through on social media so stay tuned to that guys we can't say enough from the bottom of our hearts how much we love and appreciate every single one of you who listen to this show so please share this with your friends your family share it on social media let's get the word out we are taking questions voice questions or written questions we want to put you on the air so if you do a voice we can cap we can uh, cut that into the episode and play it if it's written we'll just read it you can be anonymous you can say who you are you can say anything you want ask us questions we will answer them live on the show ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to this episode we love you god bless have a great weekend Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.